I am mining investor and editor of Resource Stock Digest, Gerardo Del Real, here with my partner, Señor Nicolás Hodge, who is also an investor and the publisher of Daily Profit Cycle. This is the 249th jolly episode of our weekly therapy session that we like to call Investing in Bizarro World. And I tell you what, folks, we're closing out the year with a doozy, not just in the markets, but politically with some of the insane stuff that our uh, elected officials and leaders are out there doing. So we're going to talk about that, but we are also going to talk about the markets, gold, the dollar, uranium, a little lithium, a whole lot of a whole lot. Mr. Hodge, tis the season. I hope the holidays are treating you well. How are you, sir? I feel underdressed, Gerardo. I had some Christmas tree sunglasses that I got at a kindergarten holiday party the other week, but I left them in my wife's car on a Santa cruise that we took this week. So the holidays are treating me well. We're getting into the spirit, but um, I guess I just have to go as plain old Chris Kringle for this episode. You're looking great, though. How's it going? I I, I felt the need. I even matched the cup this week, right? Um, oh, I felt the need. I mean, you know, you have the name, Nicolas, right? You're St. Nick. So I figured, well, you already got the namesake. Let me go ahead and uh, dress it up a little bit and you know, we we want to go into in, into the end of the year with good energy and and, and festive and then you know thankful for all the good and working on the challenges that that present themselves as 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 life sometimes you know does uh, offer those challenges. So no, really excited about closing the year out on a positive note and really excited about you know the markets in twenty twenty four. I think there's some really just amazing opportunities to close this year out with tax loss selling season that. You know, I've been taking advantage of, I, I know you've been taking advantage of a couple of those. And uh, I think those are going to pay off really, really well in 2024. So yeah, uh, long-winded way of saying um, I'm thankful, excited, happy, and uh, ready for 2024. Looking forward to turning the page of the calendar. I like your sartorial choices and um, just a little bit of education on plaid, if I may. The jacket you're wearing is a Christmas plaid with the the green and yellow and red and the cup you held up there is uh, a buffalo plaid, uh, black and yellow, or some might call a, a lumberjack plaid. So there we go. Uh, a little plaid, little plaid education there for you. Well, I know you are a plaid connoisseur, Mr. Hodge, and so I would expect nothing less than a plaid 101 course from your likeness. Let's get right into it. Um, the Dow seems like it can do no wrong, despite having, you know, a, a rough day or two here in the past week. Um, look, we got the 10-year below 4%. Uh, the Dow, clearly they're painting the books to close the year, you know, on on, on a winning note. And, and by, by they, I mean, you know, the people that manage the funds and the people that want to show, you know, their investors and their shareholders that they're doing a good job of being good stewards of their capital. And so I think they're going to paint the tape till January the 1st. It's going to get real interesting, in my opinion, after January the 1st. I read your uh, letter earlier today, and your, I, I, I think without giving away the farm, your call for volatility is, is going to be a, a, a pretty accurate one here right after January the 1st. So look out for that, folks. I think that's one to watch. Any thoughts on the overall indices and the Dow in particular? Um, I would have said everything you just said, including um, uh, the, some of the exact phrasing you used. So um, the Dow did reach uh, back to all-time highs, but it was not confirmed by the um, S&P, which is um, interesting. Um, they are certainly painting the tape. There was a record um, notional volume of, of 
options that expired in, in recent weeks. And um, you can see that, you know, they're pressing the call button to, um, you know, keep equities buoyant until the end of the year because um, lots of people missed performance. It was only a couple of stocks that drove it up. That is the reason that the Dow was hitting records, by the way, yeah, a weighted um, uh, index. And and so I'm exactly with you. And we traded volatility actually really well over the past week with a, a leverage fund made 10% in like four days or actually a little bit more than 10%. So seeing it pretty well, just trading, trading water here uh, to the to, to end of the year is, is what I was saying. But um, the volatility remains suppressed. And um, even though we traded it in our alpha, I would say see a resumption of that in the um, new year when people get back to their desks and and when we don't have this um, uh, turning of the calendar in front of us. Couldn't agree more. We have to talk gold. Um, still looking, you know, really, really good. It's, it's, it, if there's one worry that I have with gold in the very short term, not in the mid to the long term, is how much it's correlating to the dollar index. And, you know, I've always said that to have, you know, sustainable new all-time highs, that that that, that would require at one point gold moving higher alongside the dollar, that it couldn't just be dependent on the dollar breaking down. And the dollar is now below that 102 index. And we ch chatted about it last week, how it went from 104 to 102 in rather quick fashion. Now it's breached 102 and it's trading, you know, at 101.8, the last that I checked. And so I would like to see, you know, gold continue to move higher, obviously, but I would also like to see that, um, alongside a, a slightly stronger dollar. That would show real conviction to me as far as the price action goes, not just a correlated hedge trade that, you know, institutional capital is likely arbitraging right now. Yeah. Um, ha happy to get philosophical about it, I guess. Uh, what I would say is a couple of things. Um, I, I was talking this week. We had a, a call in for foundational profits. We had great turnout for that, by the way. And I spent some time talking about the dollar. And I said that, you know, uh, rumors of reports of its death have been greatly True. exaggerated. Uh, sort of like a famous quote, right? And it, I was talking about how earlier in the summer, the, the dollar index, DXY, was down even below 100, below where it's at now. It got to that 98 or 99 range before I'm um, resuming it to set up to 106. So, um, you know, don't don't call the fight just yet is one thing I would say. The other thing I would say is, um, well, a, a couple of more things. You don't necessarily need the dollar to, to go down for, for gold to go up, right? Um, you've got some rate stuff going on on the short end of the curve. The Fed's saying that it's going to turn at some point. Um, you've got the 10-year falling even faster, pricing yep. in what I think is an economic slowdown. And the curve remaining... Um, uh, inverted and then uh, what was the third thing i was going to say uh about gold um not the technicals uh not the fundamentals it was i'll tell you about the gold stocks in a second oh it was about the fed um having you know talking dovish but you know not necessarily being able to to affect that and so um the dollar has softened because of that dovish posturing but and if the inflation remains above 3%, which I think it is, and if the Fed can't cut rates until the second half, which I don't think they can do, um, then by default, you still have a, a hawkish Fed, even though they paused. And so that could give some um, resumption to dollar strength. Um, at the same time, gold could be strong. Giving you what you want is, is was what I was trying to say, a, a strengthening dollar commensurate with. I'm straight. Well, there's a lot of reasons that gold could strengthen. I mean, we don't have to, yes. to run through them all. So 
uh, just talking there about uh, the dollar and rates. But um, technically gold bullish and, and stocks getting more bullish is, is what I wanted to say. I've seen some strong runs here to end the year, the pressure coming off tax loans already. And so I'm getting more bullish on the equities for a long time. I was saying, you know, buy the dips in gold, buy the dips in gold. It's not gold stocks. And now I think gold stocks are wanting to get more bullish as well. 2040 uh, is the last number that was printed on December the 21st, uh, looking robust. And I'll tell you what else is looking robust. Uranium touching a 16-year high, right? It flirted with it the last couple of weeks, broke right through 80 and went right to 90. I remember when we broke 65, 66, I said, you know, the path to 100 is going to be a lot quicker than it took to get from the 40 level to the 65 level. And if you look at that chart right now, it's looking real pretty, like like Margot Robbie, Selma Hayek, Anna de Armas, pretty, pretty, pretty. Yeah, um, it, uranium has touched $90 a pound. That's a really good price. You've got um, companies now starting to turn on production. Yeah. Uh, Energy Fuels announced this week they're uh, turning three mines back on and, and they're preparing two um, uh, for production as well in multiple jurisdictions in um, Wyoming, um, in uh, Arizona, they've got uh, their mill, obviously, which uh, not only are they looking to process their own ore from, but they're going to be doing some toll milling in, in 2024. Um, and they can do rare earths, by the way, which I, I mentioned briefly because, uh, sorry, this is going to be meandering. I saw um, China was talking about banning not the export of rare earths, but of some rare, rare earth technology. And then out of the corner of my eye, I saw FP Materials was up over 10% in a day. Wait, so. There's something going on over there with energy fuels. You get uh, uranium and the um, rare earths, and 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 that's one of the picks that we've been in the Hodge family office for a while. I was delaying, um, uh, st stalling because I was pulling up a chart of the uh, uranium ETF URA because I wanted to say that um, it's consolidating, um, and I think it's gearing up for uh, the next run higher. We often talk about innings and and where we're at and. If we've had one third of a bull run and we're gearing up for the uh, second third or the second phase of, of three, um, you've got this uranium ETF that ran it to, to 30 or $31 in late 2021. Remember, we had, you know, that was the takeoff of the bull market. And then we had this consolidation yep. really throughout 2022. And we started to take back off in 2023, late here, we're heading into the end of the year, um, into 2024. This ETF, um, is now back to uh, almost where it was uh, there at the at the end of 2021 at the, the first phase, right? And so it's sort of like the completion of the phase. And now I, I think it's starting to consolidate at those levels and is gearing up for the next run higher. And, and we had some people asking that in the call-in that I mentioned earlier. Somebody was saying, you know, with uranium prices breaking out the way they were, are going so fast, you know, from 60 to 70 to 80, 90, why haven't we had that um, breakout? And um, I, I think that it's coming, right? And, and I think that some of these equities are consolidating and I'm chomping at the bit is what I would say. Like um, when I sort by volume and when I sort by price, like my columns of, of equities and stock watch, and I see like the fission uraniums of the world, just like frothing three cents below 52 week highs. Like I, I think they want to break out. And so um, I, I know we keep talking about the new year, but uh, I think you get that next phase of the uranium bull market in um, 2024. And um, 
what else did I want to say? Um, th there's a lot of small companies that obviously, not a lot, uh, I should say, there's small companies obviously give you torque. Like I was looking at the junior uranium ETF um, and it's moving quite quickly as, as well now or starting to. So lots to be excited about in the, in the uranium market. Well, look, we just helped finance one, right? I, I wrote a check for it. I offered it to subscribers. Uh, it was oversubscribed. Uh, it's got a $15 million market cap. I like uh, the lead technical director, Mr. Neil McCallum. Um, I, I like Darouche Geological. I like their ability to vend in properties that have you know historical data and, and develop those targets and then drill those appropriately and drill those under budget. Um, that team does a phenomenal job. Two recent examples, Patriot Battery Metals and Q2 Metals. If you look at the way they've uh, gone about getting that drilling done. I mean, Q2 Metals, <laughs> they, they started drilling about a month and a half or two ago after the summer of you know of wildfires and the delays that were associated there. And they were able to drill off some 5,300 meters, had a really good conversation with Neil McCallum there. And, and, and you know, he spoke to the results, the market kind of yawned at the results, but the results are consistent with what you're seeing, you know, in other major deposits in James Bay, triple digit tonnage deposits. And so, you know, the one big takeaway that I took from my conversation with Neil and, you know, there's, there's a link in resource stock digest, just go to the Q2 metals page. He talked about how everybody wants Patriot like intercepts, right? A hundred meters wide and, and how that's great for adding tonnage quickly. But if you can get 10 or 15 of these, you know, lithium spodumene bearing pegmatite dikes at five meters, seven meters, 15 meters, and they're stacked, and it's all continuous. Well, just you know, add it up. It's it it's the equivalent. You know, it's it's one one hundred meter hit is fantastic. It's it's great. It's efficient, obviously, for adding tonnage. You get 10, 10 meter hits, and, and you have the same type of mineralization. And he said he was absolutely thrilled at the continuity and the wits that he was seeing because it's all looking like it's holding up together. And mind you, this is a ten kilometer trend, folks. So for those of you that think. Well, it's seven meters here. It's 15 meters there. It's 25 meters there. You have to step a little bit back and put it all in context. And I think start looking at the forest and not just each individual tree or you're going to get caught off guard and you're going to get a re-rating in that stock when the market puts it together that I think is going to be quite violent to the upside. I remain a bias shareholder, um, substantial position relative to, to the rest of my portfolio and will continue to at the, at the very least, hold it uh, and possibly add to it if it stays at these levels. The company's cashed up. Um, I believe it has something like seven or eight million dollars in the bank. It'll be drilling again at the end of January. So all things are looking great on that front. And I think with that, we have to talk Patriots results, right? We always ask me what I think about Patriots results. What did you think about Patriots results, Nick? We're going to get your Patriot take this week. Oh, and my gosh. You I'll give you my ranting and raving. It's 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 good, I think, from time to time for people to hear another shareholder that's got, you know, a, a solid, solid holding and has been a long-term committed shareholding um, since the early, early days. Yeah, it, It's good to see and hear what you think. You got a half a kilometer of, of strike length that's filling out pretty robustly here. I think that it's tough to impress the market when you come out of the gate with the discovery that you did initially with, you know, uh, the CVs and, and Corvette. So, um, you know what I also think about the chart. So, um, you know, that damn gap, huh? <laughs> 
results are one thing and and, and, and the chart is another so i'm gonna i'm gonna give you more of a, a macro answer because the results are obviously phenomenal right these are these are world-class results uh, they continue to infill they continue to show that this um the, these pegmatites clusters are um connected and they continue to be really uh, wide widths and high grades right those are all uh, superb um at the same time, you've had a, a, a lithium market that's, you know, just not cooperated, right? Um, it's not just the Patriot chart, although they do have a gap. It's the um, the lithium price chart. It's uh, the Albemarle chart. It's the the prices that they're getting, et cetera. It was a, a brief slowdown in EV sales. And, and nonetheless, um, as I was saying last week, um, the EV sales are starting to come. They reached mm-hmm. 5% in the, in the U.S. this year, which... I don't think anyone would guess if you asked them that you know five percent of all those sold in the U.S. are um, uh, electric vehicles, and that deals are starting to get done. So, um, actually, as we record this on the the twenty first, uh, just after the market closed, um, Alchem is is no longer a company. Their stock was halted at one hundred one. Um, a deal to merge um, is done, and they will begin trading in the the new year on the on the New York Stock Exchange. Um, under their their new name, and so um, the the results are great. Obviously, um, the market is going to turn, and, and, and lithium, I think, has become almost a contrarian play. I mean, I look at the response to, to Q2's results, which um, a year ago would have been dramatically different in the market with the the same results, and so um, I think you get a return to 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 that sort of maybe not fervor, but at least. Um, understanding that um, these li- new lithium sources are going to be needed and that these companies with these uh, world-class, again, deposits are, are going to be rewarded um, and the market is going to start um, uh, understanding their results better. Listen, I, I'll say one last thing and then I'll be quiet. Um, if, you, if, you, if we use the same reporting standards that... Um, you know, Australia uses, we would have, you know, a resource somewhere around 140 to 150 million tons just at CB5, right? And and that's just with the drilling that's been included in that model. We know that's expanding, obviously, pretty at a pretty rapid pace. We know the company's got some 150 million in the bank. Um, it, it wouldn't surprise me, by the way, if in the next couple of months, you know, the company went and raised another hundred million dollars to really continue to be aggressive. Um, and then look, everybody complained when they did it at 15 bucks. That looks brilliant now. Right. So if they did another one at, you know, whatever price they decided to raise another hundred million dollars with 10 million shares issued, and it wouldn't be very dilutive given the value you could add um, if you have the capacity to expand the rig count and do some of the more exploratory drilling. But what I really wanted to get to is if we already have a resource at CV5, that's at least 140 to 150 million tons and likely approaching 200 million tons. And I, I compare that with the excitement that I'm, I'm, I'm hearing publicly about CV9. There's, you know, there's whispers and again, it's just whispers. It's, it's all speculation at this point. We need grades. Those are coming. We're going to need continuity. We'll see that, but it's, it's going to get proven out pretty aggressively. The language around CV9 right now has me giddy and excited because it looks like at least another CV5, and that's not inconsequential. We're talking about a couple of hundred million tons, and it depending on those grades, it may be it may be richer. You know, I look at the latest release, and the quote from Blair was, 
Initial drill testing at CV9 has outlined a potentially large and fertile pegmatite over at least 450 meters of strike length. The adjectives there are important because, as we know, with the core, you already have a pretty damn good idea of how much of that core has lithium spodumene mineralization. And we know that the, the, the mineralization and the grade correlation has been very consistent thus far at Corvette. And visually, they've said publicly, there's nothing thus far mineralogy-wise that would dictate that or indicate that this is going to be different in any way. So it's all holding up together. There's still nothing to disprove the theory that it's all one big blob um, underneath. And again, I, I continue to insist, look, we, we do need a better market, um, but that's going to change. You know, I, I had a conversation with a couple of gentlemen and, and they were talking about what, you know, the spodumene selling for in, in Japan, and it's in the 30,000s. It's 30, 35,000. So they're saying, you know, the, the prices you're hearing coming out of Japan just aren't a reflection of what's going on in the rest of the world. And so there's this fascination with, like, quoting the Chinese spot price that only serves a portion of the market, folks. There, you know, there, there's many markets, and I'm looking forward to 2024 when that clears up a bit and when the restocking um, happens with China, because... They overbought last year, and now we have you know a surplus of Chinese uh, demand, and I think the opposite is going to be true in 2024. Let's see how that plays out. But you know, again, still, still, still my single biggest, largest position, and you know the bulk of my stock net net worth right now. So uh, take take that as you will. Yeah, no great results, a great deposit, and um, upside ahead for the lithium sector, I believe. I like, it. and I do agree with those out there, by the way, that 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 want some. Um, some movement on the Albemarle side. I understand that relationship is going beautifully and then, you know, a, a lot of good stuff there. I hope we get an update in early January and I hope they consummate that relationship because there are a lot of questions around just how um, uh, aggressive Albemarle will be in sourcing supply from Corvette, assuming that everything works out with all of the studies that are ongoing. So a lot to be uh, looking forward to there in 2024 from Patriot and Q2 Metals. Yes, sir. What else I gotta you got? go back to I gotta go back to the precious metal space. Um, is silver is silver trading like a precious metal again? Oh gosh, what, what was I saying yesterday? <laughs> I looked at it so much, I gotta get it. Make sure I just get it right in my head. So, yes, for the past six months, but not for the past year. Um, yeah. I think gold is still outperforming it for the past year, but in the past three to six months, um, silver is outperforming gold, and that's the same for the. Um, equities. Do I need to pull up a chart right now? I can. Twenty-five bucks, twenty-four thirty-seven. You guys are getting real-time analysis. Now, doing it while you do that, I'll say we've been highlighting Dolly Barton Silver as a great leverage play. Um, at you know, for silver, and I think a prime takeout target. I think ran twenty percent today. It's back to the ninety-five set level after breaking down to the sixty-five seventy set level just a few weeks back. Um, I'll give you all a freebie and it's not one that I've personally, um, pulled the trigger on yet. So I may be front running myself, but Fury Gold Mines has something like 55 or $60 million worth of Dolly Barton equities, um, in its portfolio, along with a couple of million ounces across all categories and assets of gold and a very competent technical team that I like a lot. Fury is a sneaky way to gain pure silver exposure and gold exposure simultaneously. So that may be 
a trade that you know I I consider for subscribers, and I I should have pulled the trigger at the fifty cent level. It's like sixty five cents now, but a really good way to to get exposure to both of those. What'd you come up with on the chart there, Mr. Hodge? Timing is so hard. Before I get to the chart, you know, it, I had a great thesis on Banyan. I, I I did a long write up, and yeah, I probably waited too long as well. I told people to buy at twenty eight cents and. Uh, that was three weeks ago when the lowest it's been since then is 29 cents. And so sometimes, yeah, you're a victim of your own uh, delaying. And, and in my case, sometimes my own conservative, you know, sort of buy under targets, right? Um, now that it's at 38 cents or 37 cents, what was the difference between, you know, 20, buying at 28 or, or 30 cents with its 52 week lows? But anyway, um, no, silver is not trading like a uh, precious metal. Silver is. Uh, still trading like an industrial metal that got a counter trend ra rally because of the pullback in um, rates in the end of November and the, the first part of uh, December. But um, I think that it's going to have the same headwinds as um, copper as we get these uh, economic growth numbers in the first half of 2024 and um, would be content still to just say uh, to own gold. That's not to say that um, you know, the silver is not going to have its time and that's not going to say that you, you can't or shouldn't allocate there. Um, it all to say what I just said is that I think it's uh, still industrial. I like it. I like it. <laughs> let's get to, um, let's get to some of the bizarro stuff, man. And, and look, some of it obviously is, 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 is more tragic than others. I'll get to the tragic, the tragic, um, Pass that surrounds, you know, Jeff Epstein, I think isn't completely understood. And in large part, it isn't completely understood just how grotesque um, the child sex ring that he was, you know, running was because of the records that repeatedly keep being sealed by higher level judges and courts, right? We finally have a judge that has ordered um, the publication of 150. 54, I believe, of the 160 or 70 names. And that number is slightly off. You guys can Google it. But bottom line is, we're going to get to know the bulk of the names that were in emails and flight logs, hopefully, and a number of other things. And I think it's going to be telling. What's really telling to me is there were, there were 13 politicians that are so afraid of what's coming from those records. Mind you, this is from, they're worried about what we might learn about a child sex trafficker. This is who they've decided to protect. And they're so worried about what's there that they've chosen to go ahead and petition this judge to keep the record sealed. Imagine how dirty a human being you have to be to ask a judge to protect the names of in a child sex trafficker's logs, flight logs and emails and whatever nasty stuff is in those records. Every single one of those people that asked for those records to continue to be sealed and delayed the publication of those records deserves all the reciprocity that the universe could possibly give you because you are nasty human beings. I don't care what party you are. I don't care what gender you are. I don't care how you identify. I don't care about all the good things that you did with your church. I don't really care about all the things you did good in your community. You're a nasty human being. So I'm looking forward to those names. I think, you know, hopefully it's the start of there being so much overwhelming pressure 
And God, I hope I'm right on this part because I hate to be cynical all the time about government politics and cover-ups and all of that and the power of one and the influence they have, right? But I hope that there is so much pressure on on, on courts and on, on, on people and politicians where they no longer can keep doing this thing where they go lobby for a child sex trafficker. That's one. That's the tragic part, right? The last we tragic- have those politicians who ask the judge to keep it sealed? I believe Dick Durbin was one. I mean, if we're going to call out names, let me see. Um, if, I'd just like to see. But yeah, if you have them. Let me see. Yeah, let's see. Durbin ran out of time, he said, um, to vote. And so, which which in essence caused a delay. Let me see if we got other ones here. Uh, Senate Democrats were accused of recently blocking. Let me see here. Yeah, I want to get this accurate because I also don't want to throw someone under the bus for something as nasty as this, right? Um, yeah, somebody accused, I don't know if it's accurate, Senate Democrats of blocking an effort by Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee to subpoena the flight logs. Um yeah, they said, you know, they were stonewalling attempts to get them and so on and so on. Look, um, the mm-hmm. bottom line is there's there's it's always so vague in that. Yeah. And then she blamed Dick Bourbon from Illinois, Democrat from Illinois. She 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 put the blame on him on stonewalling the flight log request. And so, look, the bottom line is whoever's doing it, you're nasty human beings. And I hope that us as a society and and. <laughs> I know this is going to take a while, but our institutions mature to the point where it doesn't matter who's doing this stuff. You shouldn't be able to get away with it. And look, I'm not naive enough to believe that there's probably there's probably a lot of people over the past several decades that have been extorted with sex tapes and all sorts of nastiness um, in order to, to, to allow Mr. Epstein to be able to continue all the nastiness that, that he did, you know, in raping of these kids. And so- that should come out. That should be public information. If this guy was an agent, a spy, the smartest human being that just happened to end up politically co- connected to almost every single major government in the world and protected by almost every single major government in the world at one point or another until it was con- no longer convenient to do so. Um, if, if, if that's what comes out, I hope that's what comes out. And I hope people get so upset by what's there and how long this, the, the, this information has been kept from the public that um, that, you know, we, we, we get some sort of change there. So that's, I don't know if you have thoughts on that before I get to the less tragic and, you know, almost comical stuff that's going on in our Senate floor. Literally. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, just a couple of things, I guess, cause I know what you're going to talk about. Um, so on Epstein, uh, it's been a long time, right? And obviously there's a lot of production. We've seen some of the big names. I mean, we've seen some of the photo- photos, former prime ministers of Israel, the Gates stuff. I mean, Bill Gates divorced with Brian Bill Clinton. With, with Epstein mentioned in, in, you know, by Melinda in, in some of the reasoning, right? So Clinton, Trump, some- Robert Kennedy Jr. We know these people were on the planes. This isn't, you know, this Kevin Spacey. Uh, we can keep going. Chris Tucker, Prince Andrew. Yeah. Right. Um, so it was obviously widespread. The other thing I was going to say is that um, there's already no trust in um, institutions. We've talked at length about the fourth turning. Um, recent um, 
polls out show, um, you know, the president is at the lowest uh, approval rating since he took office, uh, some 30 something percent. And Congress is even lower than that, the 17 percent. Um, and individuals that are even lower than that, like Mitch McConnell, I think, is down around um, 10 percent. And so and it, this whole thing is part of that, right? I mean, this has been going on for so long. The public knows, um, obviously, the names that you just said are on both sides of the aisle. Um, you got people like, uh, what is his name? Menendez or whatever is his name, Menendez? Who's got like yeah. gold bars? They're finding gold bars in this guy's house that had been yep. like stolen in previous like federal cases and stuff. And so there's other stuff going on. And it, we, we talk about the vagueness and uh, people stonewalling or stalling or delaying you know those those bumbling quotes that you were just reading not that you were bumbling the people i do bumble sometimes <laughs> i was trying to keep the stuff protected right what happens in a fourth turning is that it, all that red tape and all those problems that were so slippery and like you couldn't get a handle on they become like really like obvious and easy to solve and so I think we're like heading towards that moment because um, obviously the the easy and straightforward solution is put the data out and get rid of all those fucking people, right? So I mean, it's like that. It's that, a that simple will, process, folks. Right. So that will happen, and um, you're getting close to to the bottom of the barrel as as far as the public's tolerance and support and approval is concerned, is what I'm saying, and so. Um, we're getting closer. I'm well over halfway through the book, by the way. It's getting good. I'm through all the history now, and um, we're into some of the, the recent history, like Trump stuff, yep. um, tribal stuff. And, you know, it's funny. It says that, you know, people will literally move to, um, you know, places that are more in line with their political beliefs because they, they don't want to be um, bothered to even... Um, you know, uh, live somewhere where someone is in office or where the majority of people around them don't have their same political beliefs. Um, and then what happens is so then you get these concentrations, right? And I think uh, sure. Washington is a good example, right? So um, Washington is blue and getting bluer and red people leave. And so it gets even bluer because red people are leaving, right? And then what happens is you get these concentrations um, of super liberal and, and super conservative enclaves that then just become caricatures of themselves and like pass laws that make no sense. Or in some cases are just meant to annoy the other side. And it's funny because the book specifically mentions like um, California wanting to ban leaf blowers, for example, as an example of the stupid shit, right. That like doesn't necessarily matter. And I get the emissions and noise, whatever, but like I live on 42 acres. Anyway, um, and so I woke up this week and Washington was trying to do the same thing. And it's just, it, it's so on the nose, right? Um, because we're like going through this. And so I'm a little bit off topic from the-, the No, Epstein. you're right. You're right on topic. We're talking about fourth, <laughs> fourth turnings and the silly shit we got to do. It's serious and silly shit we have to deal with before we actually get enough impetus to actually advance the exactly. turning, get these dumbasses out of office. Right. So while Epstein and now, the records now are for sex on the Senate floor. Yeah, so, so while Epstein and these records are being protected and, you know, rapers of children are being protected. And by the way, when I mentioned those celebrities and those public profiles as being on the plane, I'm not implying they all committed, you know, a sex crime. I'm just implying 
that they were on the plane and they were on an island that was notorious for flying in underage girls mm-hmm. specifically. So let that be what that is. And, and, and you can come to your own conclusion and no implication of guilt, but um, also you're not getting me to fly to your fucking island where I know you reap kids. Like that's just not going right. to happen. Right. Um, back to my uh, funny, not funny story. So listen, how you have sex, who you have sex with, how many people you have sex with. None of my business. I, I'm happy you're having sex, right? Like it's healthy. It makes me smile. And it keeps me jolly, right? <laughs> in the spirit of the season. But you can't be on the Senate floor, guys, with your staffer getting it on, shooting amateur porn. And then you can't let that leak if you are freaky enough to get busy on the Senate floor. And the only reason that this reminded me of Epstein, and you know my brain is we- wired weirdly, um, is because I couldn't help but think that maybe this person and or this staffer um did something or was or refused to do something um for whatever reason and and was told if you don't do this whatever this is right this piece of uh video will 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 hit the internet and you'll be tarnished forever and maybe this staffer called the powers that be's bluff and said i don't care i'm not doing this thing that you're asking me to do and they said well there you go. There goes your career, buddy. So elected leaders, staffers of elected leaders, can we show a little bit more regard for the institutions and offices of which you have been appointed to protect and serve? Please, sincerely, Gerardo Del Real. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Well, that's the, the bar, <laughs> right? I mean, how low it is. And I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up um, one of your favorites and uh, someone who was mentioned on this podcast in the past, Mr. Madison Cawthorn. You remember Oh, Madison. Him? Yeah, he got out of pocket, too. They checked his ass real quick. <laughs> well, what did Madison say was going on? <laughs> Go ahead. Tell him. I read the tweets. <laughs> Madison said that there was cocaine and drug-fueled sex orgies going on in the Congress. Yep. What yep. just happened? What just happened to the Congress? Yep. <laughs> Didn't they find cocaine also recently in the White House? Ah. In the White House. And meanwhile, I still, I, I still don't get the files on Kennedy because they think the I, public's not ready to know. The sitting president got killed in 1963 on American soil, and they don't want to even allow us to make up our own mind about that. It's, it's, it's got, been a nasty they, game for a long time. Is what I'm trying to tell y'all, everybody. They got his butt out too, Mister uh, Cawthorn. He didn't win re-election, right? No, 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 no. It's over for him. That's all she wrote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At one point, he was mad he wasn't getting invited to the parties, and you know, then he started getting invited to the parties, and then he said some stuff he shouldn't have said, and you know, um, again, consensually, you do whatever the heck you want. None of my business. Have a blast. It's healthy, but time and a place folks time and a place in senate floor is not the time or the place like we just gotta find different ways to get your kinks off people yes yes no and uh again very low bar and sad and on one hand and funny on the other and uh again what what people the citizenry has to deal with and tolerate before you know you hit that inflection point in the fourth turning where okay now we're at the point in the turning where it's time to get these assholes out of here. Like, y'all got to go. Right. Y'all got to go. We're going to come in and we're going to do the simple fixes. We're going to show you all the paperwork on the Kennedy assassination. You're going to figure out that it was probably the CIA 
combined with the mob, combined with like a bunch of, you know, the military industrial complex, because he was rallying against all of them. You know, like if, if, if you know your history, you know, Kennedy was probably given Illinois, probably because his dad had, you know, some mob ties and probably got a couple of those unions to vote his way. And then one of the first things he does when he appoints his brother as attorney general is go after the mob. Well, that was a no-no. He probably played that card wrong. Like, you don't do that, right? That's one. He also said he was going to defund the military industrial complex. He said it was a threat to American sovereignty. And I guarantee you uh, that wasn't going to happen. And, and and if you don't believe me, just look at what's happened, you know, in the nearly you know 50 years since then, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 60 years since then. So he, he, he upset everybody that you don't upset at the same time. And so when you do that and, 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 you know, you're so public about it, then you appoint your bulldog attorney general, little brother, who also isn't backing down. And then look, I, I liked, uh, Robert Kennedy. I, I, I thought that was actually his job. And, you know, he, he had a lot of fortitude in actually going about it the way he went about it. I don't think it was the smartest decision decision in the world and not a coincidence that they got both of them out of there. So I say, I'd say this has been going on for a long time, everybody, but, I, like Mr. Hodge and Mr. Neil Howe, um, the author of the new fourth turning book, am hopeful that we're, we're almost there. We're almost to the point where we're going to get some civility and critical thinking back and, you know, a little bit more of a community feel and, and, and advance our laws and then the stuff that we advance our institutions more on common sense and more on respect and more on, you know, we don't have to agree on all the stuff, but we can do, there's a lot of good to do while we disagree on some of the other stuff, right? We don't have to be tribal. Every single time, everything is it, you know, the thing to be offended about every morning in the morning, right? No doubt. And, and probably a good place to wrap up and um, a good place to to reiterate why we do what we do, right? Because uh, you talk about Kennedy and uh, we talk about Epstein and, and what goes on behind um, closed doors in the congressional and, and, and Senate halls. And there is a they, right? And um, right. I spent the early part of my career, you know, I won't say enmeshed, but enamored by, you know, conspiracies, Jekyll Island and this sort of stuff. But what you come to realize is that the they isn't necessarily an organized uh, conspiracy. It's just um, a group or groups of like minded individuals that uh, came up together, that went to the same elite schools, that work at the same institutions, that are employed by the same government agencies, that have the same vested interest in keeping things going in a certain direction, whether that's the status quo or whether that's, you know, the need for something new in the case of JFK or, you know, false flag attacks um, or or whatever it is. And so and we are not part of that. They right. We are individuals. Right. And, and, and we act in, in our own best interest, um, despite and in spite of that system that uh, in which that, that we're given to work. Right. Um, sure, that's the global framework and that's how the system is set up. And, and we choose to operate within that uh, the best we can for ourselves and our families um, while not submitting to said system, right? And there's a lot of, um, I think, other people like us who, who gravitate towards that. And um, I, I'm not sure where I was going with that, but it, that's one of the reasons I get up in the morning, right? One of the reasons I manage my own investments, uh, and one of the reasons that I, you know, remain an individual and and independent politically and, and, and all that stuff. Right. So, um, anyway, hopefully the Epstein stuff comes out. Um, it, for me, hopefully this fourth turning gets underway sooner than, um, 
uh, for all later, of us. We, we didn't even talk about Trump in, in Colorado, which was in the news this week. Maybe another time. But um, nonetheless, you guys just had Christmas. Hope it was a good one. Uh, Gerardo, I love the hat. And hopefully I'm not prematurely wrapping us up. No, no, no. I think the timing is spot on. I want to wish everybody, you know, a phenomenal end to your year. All the best in 2024, regardless of political affiliation, gender, how you describe yourself, preferences, like all the stuff, man. Be good to each other. Be kind. Also, go to dailyprivatecycle.com forward slash subscribe for all the latest rantings and ravings from myself, insight and wisdom from Mr. Hodge, and all sorts of actionable knowledge from our talented group of editors. It's been an interesting 2023, folks. I dare say 2024 will be even more profitable and unfortunately or fortunately, depending on which way it goes, um, even more interesting. But I wish everyone all the best. We'll see you there. Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.